Good morning and welcome to WSAU Feedback. I'm Meg Ellison. Thank you for joining me this morning. I'm joined on the phone by former Justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, Dan Kelly. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Meg. I am well. How are you? I'm great. You know, the last time I think you were on the program, we talked a little bit about the scenery outside your window. Is it delightful yeah. today as it was? I think it was actually a warm spring day, if I'm not mistaken. It, it was, and it's it's not that warm spring day anymore, but <laughs> no. it is still a beautiful sight. It is, uh, it is the land at rest as it prepares to bring forth new life and just... Um, what would it be? About three months or so from now. Oh, gosh. We we have to wait, don't we? <laughs> we do indeed. That's part of Wisconsin, I guess. Well, are you seeing any sun there that you can send our way? Uh, nothing yet. All right. uh, although, I don't know if you guys had it uh, the other day. The last couple of days here have been beautiful, just clear skies and uh, uh, in un unseasonably non-frigidly cold so you know january i'm 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 prepared to have highs of zero uh or below uh but it's been actually a lot more comfortable well and i'm i'm yes i i would concur although it's always difficult the first few cold weeks to get acclimated again and i don't know why it It, is but it's just maybe it's just something with with age sadly but uh well, we, we forge ahead, and as as we forge ahead, we are also looking at this upcoming state Supreme Court election. I'm delighted that you're joining us next Saturday here in Wausau at an event. I'm so looking forward to that. Yes, and, and I'm excited because I, I really want to make it clear, and I know that you will as well. I try to every day talk about how important this state Supreme Court election truly is here in Wisconsin. Yeah, and I and I so much appreciate that you do that because you know, especially this year, uh, right now uh, the, the the court is balanced. Uh, let's call it four to three or so, in favor of those who understand their job is just to apply the law rather than make it up as they go along. But because of that close divide, the left has its eye fixed firmly on April, and they are not being at all shy about what they want to do. And this is not a, this is not a new thing. This is a long-standing problem. I don't know if you saw this, but over the summer, there was an article in the New York Times talking about this election. And uh, they were interviewing uh, a number of people on the left, and they said that their plan, should they capture the seat in April, is to completely transform the state of Wisconsin. Mm. And those are their words. That's not my characterization. They just came right out and said it. That's what we want to do. So, uh, so I'm running to make sure that that doesn't happen. Well, when they uh, because when they say yeah. what they're going to do, trust trust them that they are. Yeah. they're telling us exactly what they're planning on doing. Yeah, and this was uh, and this was made even more stark. Uh, just uh, at the beginning of the week, we had the first debate uh, of the election season. Uh, out in Madison. And so all four of us were uh, in the debate, and uh, Janet Portisiewicz and Everett Mitchell made it clear that they will bring their quote-unquote values to the table to help them decide cases. So it's interesting to me, each of my opponents, you know, I think we need to have a constitutional conservative, right? Someone who understands and promotes and is able to apply the original 
public meaning of our Constitution and our laws. That's the role of the Supreme Court. And I think it's critically important that the person we elect can do that. So the heart of that is, um, uh, is upholding the Constitution, preserving the rule of law, and keeping politics away from the courts. So it's interesting to me that each of my three opponents have all said they will do that. Now, it was also interesting to me to sit in the debate and listen to Janet and Everett talk about how they're going to bring their values and they're going to use their values to cite cases. And that, of course, is the exact opposite of preserving the rule of law or upholding the Constitution. So uh, what, what they were saying over the summer is exactly consonant with what Jennifer and Everett were saying in the debate on Monday. And so, you know, we, uh, we need to be able to contest against that. And we need to have a candidate capable of contesting against them. And that's not just in the general election between February 1st and 21st and, the, and April 4th. That person, the person that we send to the court, has to be able to contest with the judicial activists for the next 10 years, mm. right? I and mean, that's part of the job because the activists will try to walk away from the Constitution. They will try to walk away from the plain meaning of our statutes. And, uh, and whoever we elect have to, has to be able to have that, uh, that capability of contesting that. So, uh, so I encourage your listeners uh, to listen to the debate. It is a little bit long. It's an hour. Um, and uh, it starts to pick up about halfway through. So if they want to fast forward to about the halfway mark, uh, I think that would be a, a fair thing to do. And then look at who is able to contest against the judicial activists. And, um, and that's the person that should go to the Supreme Court. Well, and I think, too, another option for them, in addition to watching this debate that you can get online or look watch online, come to this event next Saturday, and you'll see you'll yes. be able to compare and contrast the two conservative constitutional conservative candidates that are running uh, running for state supreme court and that will be you know that will be probably your best way to compare the two ca- candidates now justice kelly i forgot to say this when when i introduced you and i and i i believe i did this the last time you were on the show is i wanted to again thank you for your decision during uh, the lockdown or the shutdown the illegal orders, uh, stay-at-home orders that Governor Evers continued to uh, Im- impose on the citizens here in Wisconsin. And I have to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Meg, I will accept your thanks on behalf of the founders and the framers of our Constitution. Because, you know, what I did in that, in that case was look to what the Constitution commands that we do on the court. And, uh, and that, was, that was just an egregious order. And you might remember that uh, the decision there was four to three, four to three. That should have been a nine to zero decision because what, the problem with that order, and, and you know, I'll leave it to others to decide whether the uh, particular prescriptions were a good idea or not. But from a legal perspective, the order was unconscionable. Because what happened is an executive branch agency stole some of the legislature's authority to make the law. 
and Secretary Palm sat down at her computer keyboard and she tapped, tapped, tapped out a new law. And when it came off the printer, she held it up for all the state to see and said, behold my law for you. And we looked at that and we said, well, Secretary Palm, you don't get to make the law. See, our Constitution says our legislature, democratically accountable representatives, they make the law. And so we uh, we struck that down. Now, uh, that was a four to three decision. And, uh, and this is why I think it's so important to be very careful about who you vote for and making sure that if someone comes to you saying that they're a constitutional conservative, that you find some evidence that suggests that might be true. Because one of the three in that case was Brian Hagedorn. Mm -hmm. Now, if you'll remember, and I'm sure you do, four years ago, he came to us and he said that he's a constitutional conservative. And he told us he would uphold the Constitution and preserve the rule of law and keep politics out of the courtroom. And then when this case came up, a crucial case, one that dealt with constitutional issues and the very heart of the Constitution, right? I mean, the separation of powers is the essence of our Constitution. That's what it's all about. And he looked at that and said, no, it's fine for an executive branch agency that is not democratically accountable. It's fine for them to make the law. And then it got worse. When I left the courts, that same issue came back, but at the county level. And the question again was, is it the uh, legislative body's authority to make the law or can the executive make it? And that decision was also four to three, but then it was the other way. And Brian Hagedorn wrote an opinion in which he said, you know, that separation of powers thing, it's really more of a political question than a legally binding command. Mm. So when someone comes to you and they say that they are a constitutional conservative, I think it is very fair for the people of Wisconsin to say, prove it. Mm -hmm. Show me where you have done constitutional conservatism. Show me your public um, activity in that regard. Show me, I mean, I have uh, a background that goes back over 20 years of leadership in bringing the Constitution, the original public meaning of the Constitution to the fore, in defending it, in promoting it, and then once I came to the court, applying it. And that's the kind of record that people should be looking for. Um, but if someone just shows up one day and says, hi, I'm a constitutional conservative, we should say, prove it. Point, point to the evidence. So you have uh, uh, referenced Justin Hag Justice Hagedorn. Talk about those on the state Supreme Court that you've served with, that, whom you respect or you closely align with. Yeah, so uh, so my very favorite justice on the Supreme Court is Justice Rebecca Bradley. She is the preeminent constitutional conservative in our judicial system, without question. She's been serving since 2016, and she is absolutely outstanding. And I am uh, I am so proud and grateful to have her support in this campaign. Uh, I also have the support of Judge. Judge Shelley Grogan, who's on the Court of Appeals, and she is the brightest rising star in the constitutional conservative movement. And uh, the two of them have closely studied all four of the candidates in this race, and their conclusion is that I am the only constitutional conservative in the race. 
part of that is because they, too, understand that you can't just show up one day, call yourself a constitutional conservative, and demand that people believe that. They understand that you have to have the proof. And so they've studied us. They've studied our records. And, uh, and it is their conclusion that I'm the only constitutional conservative in the race. And, um, and I think that's uh, – uh, I think if you watch the, uh, the debate from Monday – uh, I think that would become clear uh, as well. So, Justice Dan Kelly, I am looking at the clock. I want to give you just uh, about a minute or so uh, to make the pitch again why you are the best candidate for our listeners, for the voters here in Wisconsin to uh, to choose uh, in this upcoming primary on February 21st. Thank you. I think the, the biggest thing here is this is no time to gamble. The stakes on the Supreme Court are so high that we cannot afford to send someone there who we're not confident is a constitutional conservative. Uh, many years ago, uh, when Obamacare was being passed, Nancy Pelosi said, you need to pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. Now, that line of reasoning was faulty then, and it's faulty now. We should not have to elect a candidate to find out whether or not they really, truly are a constitutional conservative. That was the position we were in with Brian Hagedorn, that it didn't work out so well. And so this is no time to gamble. Uh, and if people look at my record, proven public record of constitutional conservatism of over 20 years, I think that the, uh, the safe choice, the confident choice, the best choice is to go with someone that Justice Rebecca Bradley and Judge Shelley Grogan have said is the only constitutional conservative in the race. And thank you so much, Meg, for this time together this oh, morning. Absolutely. It's wonderful, as always, to be on your show. Always great to chat with you. And again, I'll remind our listeners, if you would like to see Justice Dan Kelly in person, you can come to our event next Saturday, January 21st. Go out to GetInvolvedWI.com for more information on reserving tickets. Justice Kelly, how can our listeners learn more about your campaign and about you? What's your website? Uh, it's justicedanielkelly.com. They can also follow us on Twitter at justicedankelly. Apparently, my name's too long to all fit. Uh, <laughs> so on Twitter, we're justicedankelly. So uh, and I invite, uh, invite you all uh, to, to follow me on, uh, on Twitter. Take a look at our uh, campaign page, justicedanielkelly.com. Uh, but also, you know, look at um, Justice Rebecca Bradley's uh, Twitter page and Judge Shelley Grogan's Twitter page and find out what two of the most preeminent constitutional conservatives are saying about this race. Okay, last question. Who's your favorite, uh, or who, who beyond uh, Justice Bradley, who are the Supreme Court justices that you uh, most admire or other judges that you most admire? Uh, that's a pretty easy one. So that would be Justice Clarence Thomas and Justice Antonin Scalia. And, uh, and I admire them because of their fidelity, their commitment to our constitutional text, understanding the original public meaning, and, um, and every day, every day, consistently applying that. And Justice Scalia, during his lifetime, was such uh, an outstanding proponent of our Constitution and of preserving the rule of law. And his legacy is going to live for a long, long time. Uh, and Justice Clarence Thomas is just one of the most remarkable men in our country. 
and his scholarship on the Supreme Court is just unmatched. And uh, and if I could be uh, even just a fraction of a Justice Thomas, I'd be happy. Well, thank you, Justice Dan Kelly. I appreciate your time this morning. All the best to you. Look forward to seeing you in about a week on Saturday here in Wausau. Thanks so much, Meg. It is a pleasure to be on your show, as always, and I'm looking forward to seeing you and your listeners. Thanks. God bless. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Got to go to a break, and I'll be right back. We'll roll right into the 830 News and the second half of feedback in your calls, 715-845-2155.